we're talking military again, um, and a lot of texts, and, and, and I'll respond to it again, but I mean, we have. We've had this conversation a great many times, um, but I thought this text was particular. <laughs> it says, first off, I love the program on this, though. You're out to lunch, LOL. If Germany and the USA had nuclear weapons in the 40s, by your way of thinking, what would the world look like today? We can't be ruled by our fears. We have to do what's right and good. Okay. And my response was, that's a big if. The old if Germany and the USA had nukes in the 40s, what would my response? Well, they didn't. But Russia and the USA do now. So it's, I mean, you can't, that, that, that what if game. I understand what you're saying. I absolutely do with the, with, um, you know, unchecked aggression and how do you respond to it? I get it. But the stakes have changed drastically, and it, it, it can't be the same kind of, well, the U.S. jumped in, and then Canada jumped, or Canada jumped in, and then the U.S. jumped in, and on, on it goes, right? It, it, it's different, very different, very, very different. Um, but it's an interesting discussion. Meanwhile, speaking about defense and the U.S. and Canada, uh, you probably heard that yesterday Canada announced plans to spend more than $40 billion over the next 20 years to beef up NORAD. Uh, the Continental Defense System that it's been around for for more than 60 years now. Uh, And in making the announcement, the defense minister said this investment will help protect against new threats and uh, emerging weapon systems. Uh, uh, Minister Anita Anand made the announcement yesterday in Ontario. This is the most significant upgrade to NORAD from a Canadian perspective in almost four decades. This plan will deliver modern state-of-the-art equipment for our Canadian Armed Forces who put their lives on the line each and every day to ensure the security and the sovereignty of our country. Joining us now to talk more about this, we have Dr. Andrea Charon, who is a Canadian Global Affairs Institute Fellow and Associate Professor and Director of the Centre for Defence and Security Studies at the University of Manitoba. Dr. Charon, thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time. Thank you for the invitation. Um, yeah, talking about NORAD, of course, as I said, the system you know, initially came about more than 60 years ago as a partnership between Canada and the U.S., which was the first of its kind. At that time, it was largely meant to be a defense system against the Soviets during the Cold War. So when uh, Anand is talking about new threats, any idea what she's talking about? You're right. Uh, The North American Aerospace Defense Command largely had in mind Soviet bombers that would come over the cross the top of the Arctic and might launch first gravity bombs and then later on cruise missiles. Uh, We now have a resurgent Russia who has intercontinental uh, cruise missiles um, starting to investigate uh, the use of hypersonic weapons. And so these are some of the new technologies uh, that this um, program wants to address. But we still have other threats that we've had for a long time, uh, including the cruise missiles. Um, We have uh, drones that could come uh, and be a problem for us as well. And the sensors that we had in place to deal with the old Soviet Union threats are now no longer... Um, able to to deal with, you know, drones, which can be ground hugging um, or hypersonic weapons that go very, very fast and are maneuverable. So it's more um, weaponry, which she did mention when she talks of new threats rather than different actors or different players outside of Russia. Well, we've always had uh, concerns about state-based actors 
So we're always concerned about Russia. Um, we're now more concerned about China. We've had uh, perpetual concerns about North Korea and mm-hmm. its um, determination to get weapons of mass destruction. But there are also non-state actors, terrorists, that we also worry about. And some of this technology is now propagating and being used by non-state actors much more quickly than in the past. Also some mention about the Arctic, and that's been something that's been talked about a lot in recent years and something that many analysts have said we need to be more focused on. What do you expect to see when we talk about NORAD, the Arctic, and the new spending announced yesterday? So the consistent concern has always been that it's 40% of our land mass. It is the reason why we have the largest coastline in the world, and it's being able to see what's happening there. When it comes to threats to the Arctic, it's always been about an avenue of approach. One can launch things over across the top of the Arctic that can then hit inside North America. So the concern is not that we're going to have a conflict about the Arctic or in the Arctic, more the Arctic is sort of the avenue of approach. And so all of these uh, announcements, the -the over-the-horizon radar, the polar um, surveillance systems, are about being able to see such a large area uh, and from not only northern approaches, but also thinking about the fact that we can be hit from the east, from the west, and then the south, making sure we have that 360-degree awareness of what is coming uh, at North America and in North America. She was talking yesterday about a darker world and a need to recognize that geography isn't defense enough in 2022 mm-hmm. and, and simply being Canada right next to the USA, that's, that, that's not enough. Um, is there a realization that Canada needs to be more focused? I mean, there's been so much talk around bolstering our defense. Are we starting to see um, that actually come to fruition now? Well, I'm very pleased that we are finally uh, starting to attach some monies to some real systems and capabilities to defend North America. We've had this unique partnership with the U.S. dating back to 1938, and the NORAD uh, was up and running in 1957. But... Our interest and attention to and resources to NORAD sort of ebbs and flows. And for a long time, we've sort of taken for granted the fact that three oceans and having a very powerful neighbor in the U.S., nobody would dare touch us. Well, now that the rules-based international order, it seems to be um, falling apart Mm -hmm. and we cannot depend on states to follow agreed principles in the UN Charter and the U.S. is feeling very vulnerable because they have these technologies that can hit us from so much further away. Um, There is more pressure on Canada to make sure that we are not a weak link for an attack on North America. Um And you mentioned it briefly earlier, but I'm wondering if there's more to it. She talked about an Indo-Pacific strategy focused on China, which we know has been, I mean, if you want to talk about global players and and, uh, state actors that people have been talking about, um, what are we doing in that area and um, is it enough? Well, I think that plan is yet to be developed. Um, We have to be careful that we don't stretch ourselves too thinly, and we have other partners who are better positioned to help the U.S. in an Indo-Pacific context, for example, Australia. Um, comes to mind. But what we don't want to have happen is 
our allies having to now worry about if North America is strong and secure because North America is where we hold, or at least the U.S. holds, the bulk of its military capabilities. So you can imagine if they can hold us hostage here so we cannot come to the aid and defense of other allies, then we're all in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And that's the new recognition. Exactly. Uh, just being a, a, a bitter partner. Um, doctor, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. That is Dr. Andrea Sharon, who is a fellow at the Canadian Global Affairs Institute and an associate professor and director of the Centre for Defence and Security Studies at the University of Manitoba. And I think, if nothing else, this situation that has uh, unfolded in Eastern Europe over the last several months has refocused uh, Canadians, largely, on defence. And the fact that we, I mean, there's no other way to put it uh, than neglected um, defense in this country for a very, very long time for a number of reasons. First and foremost, I believe, is we just took for granted the fact that we shared a unpoliced border with, you know, the largest power on the planet and uh, and a very close relationship with them. And, you know, in most ways, that's been good enough. But uh, as she said, things have changed and the U.S. is not quite as interested in being the global policeman that they once were. And we need to do a better job of being a better partner with our NATO allies and the rest. So we're starting to see that uh, come to terms in terms of spending.